everybody. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller here with you. I'm with Jake Seeley. I'm with Brandon Funston, and we are going to take a look at some of the biggest questions for Week 7 in the fantasy football world. And believe us, you already know there are questions indeed. Jake, give me your worst bye week situation you've got going on right now. Uh, not having checked all my teams yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a flurry of decisions to make over the next 72 hours is what you're saying pretty much the next 72 <laughs> i might have to check before tonight's game yeah right all the injuries on cleveland's side of this one just complicating matters even further funston you got any like dak prescott keenan allen justin jefferson sort of teams out there i got a team that i was feeling Good about skating through because Odell Beckham, uh, you know, I, I was thinking he was going to play. Now it's not looking like he's going to play, and I literally have nobody on my bench. It means <laughs> I have to cut somebody important and pick up a non-top 50 wide receiver. Oof. So it's it's going to be ugly. It's, it, it's, I just saw the news this morning that OBJ is trending the wrong way, so that was, that was not good. I, that jumps to mind right away in, uh, this morning. It's just absolutely brutal, and we're having to do that. A lot of people are having to do that. I have to do that in a league where uh, Logan Thomas was my original tight end, had Jared Cook in his place, and now I'm going to have to drop someone who I actually want to replace Jared Cook with, like, I don't know, Mo Ali Cox. But actually, hold those Mo Ali Cox thoughts for a little bit later because I think, uh, <laughs> I think we, might be, we might be liking Mo Ali Cox a little bit. There's some uh, uniformity in your guys' tight end rankings, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Let's just jump right in, guys. Enough, enough beating around the bush. Let's get in brutal bye week. We've seen 16 bye weeks before. That's not the craziest thing in the world, but this one is just insane. Cowboys, Bills, Chargers, Jaguars, Vikings, Steelers, so many great players taken off the board, and that is before we even talk about injuries. So at the quarterback position, what does that mean? No Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins. Three of those guys, no doubt about it, starters. Lawrence and Cousins, you could be totally starting them and feeling okay about it. So we are really talking about a depleted quarterback position this week, Jake. Is there a quarterback out there, however, who still you look at and you're like, eh, no thanks, I'm all right, I don't need to start you this week? Uh, yeah, Jared Goff. <laughs> Go that far. <laughs> Anyone a little yeah. higher than that? Uh, Jameis, uh, just at this point. like, I, I, I don't think you have a lot of choices to be able to be that. Eh, I don't really want to. I mean, I'm looking down my list right now. It's like, you know, most weeks before this, I would have said, eh, I don't really want to do Sam Darnold. And, but at yeah. this point, he's a fringe QB1 this week. So where do you really go? That, that, you can't be too picky. Brandon's not even having – I mean, honestly, in Brandon's situation, I might just leave the spot empty when it comes to wide receiver. I know, right? <laughs> I, it's, it's something to consider if you have to actually cut somebody that's right. that you just wouldn't want to do. But uh, I think my answer for this is maybe Carson Wentz. I'm like, eh, on Carson Wentz most weeks. He's like, okay, if I need two two fifty and two in a, in you know in his best of times, it's kind of what you get with him. Right. But now you're on the road and you get San Francisco coming off the bye, and I'm like, oh, I know it's a it's a tough bye week, but am I still you know, am I excited about Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. Yeah, and you have to start someone. This is not a position where you could take a zero. You could take a you could take a zero at a tight end position if you don't really want to cut someone, depending on the depth of your league. Maybe you take a zero at a very deep, deep wide receiver position quarterback. You got to start someone. So there are some directions you can go in if you're looking at some of the guys that we're talking about here. One thing that jumped out at me when I was looking at your guys' rankings is that you basically have Tua Tungavailoa and Sam Darnold 
flipped with uh, Brandon being higher on Tua and Jake being higher on Darnold. So let's hear this as a head-to-head case. Uh, Brandon, go ahead and make the case for Tua first. Um, the head, head to, well, the case is he's coming off a game in which he was a top, you know, he was a QB one. Um, this is one of the highest volume pass attacks because they can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta's one of the worst pass defenses, pass DVOA, quarterback rating allowed. Just a really good matchup. So, uh, my case is we got a guy who just last week put up really good numbers going against a really bad Atlanta pass defense. Yeah, and uh, two will move up. A spot or two now that we have the award that Devontae Parker looks more almost definite to play this week. Um, mm-hmm. But it just comes down to I, I don't dislike Tua and I'm not disagreeing with anything that Brandon said. It's just I, I, he looked hesitant to run sometimes in that first game back. And that's the bigger thing is kind of take that away. Is he only going to run for 15 yards and you kind of lose the upside of Tua? Now he's still streamable. He's still in the conversation with Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold and you know, stuff like that. But I would I would just mm-hmm. take Matt Ryan on the other side because I think Matt Ryan is going to have no problem throwing against the Miami defense, and he already had a great game heading into the bye with no Calvin Ridley who's coming back. So there's, that's really why I go Matt Ryan over him and probably even Joe Burrow, the fight that, despite the fact he's not throwing to what we want, at least he's being efficient doing so. What, what's by, the, by the way, uh, can, I, can I just interject? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, since when did – Tua becomes so persona non grata in the NFL, like you know, with those Deshaun Watson. Like <laughs> everybody's no like, no, no, those, no we're, those we're out on Tua. Those rumors are not I, true. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> there's a reason there's why a all I mean, those are coming from Houston. And sure, there's a lot of pushback Houston. from like every every team though that no, we have no interest in Tua whatsoever. <laughs> Tua, it's like, really? Yeah. He's already people are already out on Tua. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not there yet. No, I, I wouldn't quite be there yet. Jake, what's the what's the pro Darnold case? You you more made an anti Tua case than no. a pro Darnold case, and it doesn't there's need to the... be anti Tua, but like what, I mean, last I looked, Darnold was your QB twelve for the week. Uh so where is he right now? It's QB thirteen, so not a huge difference. There's not yeah. a. Pro, this is your stock. It's this, <laughs> Sam Darnold. I like to look. It's Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones are better than Jameis Winston and Taylor Haneke and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's there's nothing more about it. I mean, you put all the six teams in a bye and he's down to QB 17. So <laughs> I don't really want to argue that much for Sam Darnold. That's, that's just the sort of week uh, that we find ourselves in. And uh, something else that came out at me, you guys, when I was looking at your rankings, you both have Ryan Tannehill ranked eighth at the quarterback position this week, at least at my last check. Uh, this is, uh, I think, a big week for him, you guys, because it's a great spot against a Chiefs defense that has been very friendly to literally everyone that they've played this season. But Ryan Tannehill has not had a good fantasy year. QB 22 in points per game, and by week he's gone 24-24-8. 21-22-18. What do we need to see from him, Jake, that makes you feel comfortable with him as a consistent fantasy starter? The touchdowns. is That's the biggest difference between Tannehill last year. It's funny you say Sam Darnold before. It's the Sam Darnold and Ryan Tannehill aren't that much different than the quarterbacks we saw last year. Sam Darnold, slightly better, but you know not that much. He's getting boosted in fantasy by the rushing touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill's worse, but slightly worse it's just the biggest difference is coming down that he doesn't have that touchdown efficiency he's not throwing two plus per game despite only 17 or 18 pass attempts that's the biggest difference yeah otherwise Tannehill's mm-hmm. pretty much doing very similar um so that's what we have to see I, I if come out of this game with two touchdowns two passing touchdowns and I'll feel better about what Ryan Tannehill's been doing this year 
Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry has 51 more rushing attempts than any other running back in the league through six weeks. He has 10 rushing touchdowns. I mean, a lot of Ryan Tannehill's production is being taken away by Derrick Henry. And so the the thought is eventually in these games against Buffalo and Kansas City, Tennessee is not going to be able to keep it close the entire way and just lean on Derrick Henry the entire way. At some point, Ryan Tannehill is going to actually have to throw the ball a decent amount to get this team going. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hedging in this one that, that that might end up being the case. 57 and a half is the over under in this game and the Chiefs defense is as bad as you think it is last in the NFL in yards per play allowed according to true media 30th in both yards per pass attempt and yards per carry allowed so don't let them uh, the fact that they held a Washington uh, offense that was backup quarterback injured Terry McLaurin injured Antonio Gibson no Curtis Samuel no Logan Thomas don't let them uh, try to pass that off as uh, the defense has turned a corner here this could should be a big week for the Tennessee offense. And again, 57 and a half, the over-under in that game. I believe that is the highest over-under that we've seen so far this season. Since we don't have a ton more to talk about because of all the buys, just give me someone who you guys think right now, uh, Brandon, you can take this one first, the most underappreciated fantasy QB that we've got going in the season. Uh, I think I just have to, I, I think it's Jalen Hurts. He's QB six right now. I have a hard time, even when I say it, even <laughs> believing myself. Uh, you know, he's a heartbeat away from Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray's per game production, and it's no different a per game production than what he averaged as a starter in his four games last year. So we're now at like ten games of him being an elite producer. And like I said, I know he's underappreciated because as I say it, I still am having a hard time buying it. You know, um, so I think Jalen Hurts. If I just if I'm thinking about it, he's probably the guy for me. Yeah, I think that's a decent one. But at this point, I'm surprised you didn't say Matt, uh, Derek Carr. That's your that's your yeah. boy for the entire year. I know it <laughs> is, but that's I, I mean, I just think to. Jalen Hurts has been elite, <laughs> and yet I don't, you know, mentally kind of that doesn't jibe with me still. And so I, I was like, okay, if that's the case, I should say Jalen Hurts because uh, you know that's a step above even well, that, Derek Carr. And I, I mean, that and makes I didn't even think Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are both my fallback guys. <laughs> well, Kirk Cousins actually hasn't been doing that good all of a sudden. And that schedule. Well, he's QB and, eleven though. That's where. Yeah, that's, but that's he just was QB six, <laughs> and that schedule is getting pretty gross. That's about to come up if nobody's looked at it. So, uh, that that being said, I think the one I'm going to go back to him is one, I dropped his name before. We pounded the table to draft him in the preseason is Joe Burrow because he's not yeah. throwing. Yeah, he's not throwing for volume. <laughs> But he's throwing efficiently, and if you want to offset it, like I said he's basically he's turned into Ryan Tannehill. That's the difference is he's now Ryan Tannehill. So people don't even want to use him, don't even want to roster him, and they have questions about him every single week. And I just find it surprising. I still think is he top ten? No, but is he a fringe QB one every single week? Yeah, and I see a lot of people that don't even want to start him. Ravens Bengals uh, Ravens minus six and a half. Who you guys got mm. against the spread? <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd touch that one. Um, seems about <laughs> I'll, right. I'll I, say I, they cover. I'll say since he covers. Since he, cover. Jake. I said that already. He, I beat him to it, and then he kept talking. Them too? You just said they cover, and now everyone uses yeah, cover ubiquitously, even though cover is what cover favorites and lose. do. Cover, <laughs> cover and lose. Just one of my, one of my uh, Co- axes the dog to grind. Covers. Co- favorites cover. Dogs beat spreads. Dogs beat spreads. Favorites cover. Oh, spreads. see, well, there you go. I was actually using the. I was saying the dog to cover. So there well, you it's go. totally ubiquitous now, and it's fine. But I'm just, you know, I I, I like <laughs> words to mean something and and to retain their meaning and retain their importance. Save save it for best language. on the boards, would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got it, Funston. Anything anything for you. Anything for you, Funston. 
All right, guys, running back position up next here, and this one brutal too. No Zeke, no Eckler, no James Robinson, no Dalvin Cook, no Najee Harris. Thus, those are just the guys on by that has nothing to do with any of the injured guys. So here's my question. I think this is where we have to start out at running back. Jake, who represents the running back breaking point? And by that, I mean who is the guy who you're first thinking about, yeah, maybe he's not an automatic starter. At what point do you actually have to think about whether a guy should be in your lineup? Miles Gaskin, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that's my guy too. Yes, we need a we need a chart. We need someone uh, in the graphics team quickly to get us a chart with Miles Gaskin right at the nexus. I mean, well, that's that's the thing is at this point, <laughs> I said for weeks that I, you can't trust this backfield, and there was a lot of people that wanted to rank him, you know, top twenty four last week because of the matchup and we had talked about it, I think, on this show or whatever it was. But Miles Gaskin has been used in the passing game, like the Bucks game. But outside of that, it's Malcolm Brown and Savon Ahmed getting their fair share if they're contending or in the lead. And then he fumbled and that made things even worse. I just I don't care what the matchup. Even if we're looking at another passing game matchup, I say, okay, maybe you can feel a little bit better about him, but you can never feel great about starting I start JD McKissick over Miles Gaskin at this point. Oh, I where, where is uh, so you guys both have Miles Gaskin as that breaking point? Funston, where is he in your rankings? He's RB what? I think he's RB twenty six for me right now. RB twenty five, twenty six. But I have Alex Collins right in front of him, and he sort of is there as well because a he's not that healthy. B Rashad Penny's back. C it's the New Orleans Saints who you can't run on. So like, there's a lot I don't like about Alex Collins as well. And for as much as I don't like that about Alex Collins, I still like him better than Miles Gaskin. So then we both are all saying, go ahead. What? What? I, was yeah, gonna, I was gonna say, do we even know if Rashad Penny's definitely playing? Is that a hundred percent? Sounds like it. Sounds it's not a hundred percent at all. Nothing's a hundred percent with Rashad Penny, but um, things are trending uh, positively. <laughs> Is it finally going to happen. We're finally going to get Rashad Penny time. We might. I mean, we, we might, might get featured Rashad Penny time, right? Depending on what the deal is with <laughs> Alex might. Collins. That's something we've been waiting for for years here. Yeah, I don't know if they're willing to, even if Collins doesn't play, if they're willing to just throw him into a feature role right out of the bat. <laughs> so it might not be wise. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that just drives home, though, what uh, what a crazy week this is, that basically we're saying everyone above Miles Gaskin is, unless you're somehow super deep and not at all hurt by what's been going on at this position, just an easy click right into your starting lineup. That's what we're looking at, the running back position, and we're going to have a similar conversation when we get to wide receivers, obviously. If we're talking about Miles Gaskin as this breaking point, then there are some strange names inside our top 20. Uh, Funston, who are you oddly excited about starting that's in your top 20? Well, I was, I'll say J.D. McKissick, but I won't, I will, I'll say another name because you want me to make a case for him at a different time, right? Or you want me How to do, do you it know right that? Now? You don't know that. I, it's true. I just, I, I don't know, I, telepathy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I will say Elijah Mitchell. Um because, again, coming off by Jimmy Garoppolo back at quarterback, Jake's talked about this before. Even if you were worried about Trey Sermon, you worry mm-hmm. about him less with a more traditional quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, than someone like Trey Lance who's not under center a whole lot. So Elijah Mitchell has had his best game uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you get Indianapolis, not not a defense I fear uh, on the ground. And I just think with no Jeff Wilson likely this week yet, mm-hmm. I think this is potentially a, you know, potentially a 20 plus touch game for Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> so where am I supposed to go with this then? <laughs> I, have is that what you want? I have Elijah Mitchell. Is, you at 12. Mitchell? <laughs> I mean, is he, like, where, is he who you were planning on saying? I, I'll tell you where you can go with it. I was hoping one of you was going to say James Conner. 
Uh, yeah, what if I'm banking on a touchdown completely? I, I mean, I could see that. <laughs> James Conner versus Miles. You what, like RB17, RB18? I know. I was, well, was going to say, James Conner versus Miles Sanders is like a legitimate conversation that we're, like, we're having right now. So yeah. I yeah, guess I'm, there you go. I'm starting James Conner over Miles. I'm starting James Conner in that for sure. And I think yeah, that's where, where, that's where we're at now, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just the that's just the reality of this week. I mean, that's really just what we're looking at. Do you take anything? I and mean, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but now that we have another couple of days, Jake. I mean, James Conner did get the 16 carries last week. We know that Chase Edmonds was banged up going into that game, and we know that uh, it was a game that uh, you know it had a, a script that maybe Arizona can follow again. Is there anything there uh, that you try to rest on with James Conner? Uh, I'm not going to go too much off it. I still think Chase Edmonds is uh, very similar to the Denver situation is, you know, maybe one of the weeks where Javante Williams had the big run or, you know, Melvin Gordon was a little bit more banged up. I think it's similar with them. So I, I actually, I think I have them back to back in my ranking. So uh, you could probably use both of them in this week, but that's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not definitively sitting here saying, Oh, one is so much better than the other just because of one game. Yeah, and that's, uh, I don't know, that's exactly what we're going to be looking at with a couple of situations here this week. All right, Funston, you hinted at it a little bit. Let's get into Make a Case for. We've got four names that no one except for me, no one except for me knows the identity of these four names. Here's the first one. Holy cow. Lo and behold, Funston, make a case for J.D. McKissick. Wow, that is uncanny. You're um, prescient, my friend. <laughs> okay, so... I, Virginia Zakis nailed this last week going into the uh, week six game. She's like, Antonio Gibson should not be playing. He has a stress fracture in his shin. It's not a pain tolerance issue. It's a if you play on it, you can make it worse issue. And so I don't think he's playing. I'm ranking J.D. McKissick as if Antonio Gibson will not play. And I'm ranking it. Jared, uh, J.D. McKissick as the featured guy that Jared Patterson, who I think it's funny, a lot of people want to like say, well, he's going to get a lot of the carries between the tackles. Jared Patterson is a rookie who's five foot nine, 195 pounds. J.D. McKissick is five foot 10, 195 pounds. J.D. McKissick talked in the preseason about how he bulked up so that he could handle more carries. And I think he's just going to be the main guy in this one. We saw him come in last week and get 16 touches, went for over 100 yards in that game. And I think we're going to see a similar workload and, you know, eight catches. There's that, there's the catch upside. That's, those are so valuable in, in, you know, any kind of PPR bumped league that I just think JD McKissick in a week with all these buys, he's a top 20 play in my mind. If Gibson doesn't play Jake, where are you at on McKissick for this week? Uh, I'm not as bullish if there is no Antonio Gibson. I mean, I have Gibson still in my rankings, but even if he's out, Mm -hmm. I do think Jared Patterson, not necessarily wrong in what, Brandon's saying, I just think it'll be more of a 50-50 split. I don't see J.D. McKissick being a feature guy just because of who he is. Uh, and I don't even necessarily mean the bulking up. I just me- necessarily mean, like, how good is he between the tackles? Uh, you know, maybe that's changed to this point, but we still haven't seen a ton of it for his usage. So I'd well, say I mean, 50-50. So, so the, the, the lead in the passing game is probably the most important thing in a game where you're a touchdown underdog on the road to Green Bay. Like, they may not get the volume in, in the running game anyway, so it could be another eight-catch game for McKissick. That, and that's fair. I just, I th- like I said, I, I, I like McKissick. I, I don't disagree with that part of it. It's just I don't think I'll have McKissick, uh, I don't know, top 20, question mark, if there's no. I mean, he'd be right in <laughs> that range. no it'd be, Gibson. It'd be similar to the Arizona and the Denver range of guys, yeah. honestly. And actually how I have the Bears right now, because I have right. both Bears 
playing as of now. And that's something we'll talk about in just a second here. But first, Jake, you got to make a case for someone, too. Let's go with a guy we've talked about a couple of times in this exact space. Let's hear another case for Michael Carter this week, Jakey boy. <laughs> uh, talent <laughs> talent wins out, but also fact is, is he was starting to trend up even a little bit more before they hit their bye. And not, you know, again, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson were still being involved, but trending up. And we wouldn't be the first time we've seen a team go into the bye and come out of the bye with a different game plan, more increased usage for rookies in general, running backs, wide receivers, whatever it might be. It's often the time where you see a little bit of the change in the guard and he's already trending up before this. So I just think that Michael Carter, who, by the way, is also neck and neck with Ty Johnson and goal line carries and just one behind him and goal to go, despite it seems like Ty Johnson's taking all of them. It's not as bad as people think it is. It's very close so far. So if he even steals, I said steal or given 20% more of that kind of work, you know, we're talking top 20 running back here. Let's tackle a couple of questions here really quickly before we get to our next topic. This one coming to us from Jiggles3, Michael Carter, Damian Williams, above the Gaskin breaking point in Jake's rankings. Below it in Brandon's, do you feel iffy about either of these guys this week? We tackle Michael Carter. Damian Williams can lead us right into our next point here, which is, uh, Jake, can you start both Bears backs this week? Yeah, you could start both Bears backs. You could start both Cardinals running backs. You could start both Broncos running backs. A lot of people don't have a choice not to start, but I don't think a lot of people have both. But if you if you are in a situation you need to, yeah, I think he could. Do you, where do you guys feel like Damian Williams is going to play? I mean, he straight up has COVID. So, um, like, do you think he's going to be cleared in time? Well, I mean, we're still waiting. This is, like I said, this is the assumption he is. I would change it if not. But if he is, it's also it is, against. Uh, I hedge Pass sometimes. And I've been hedging a little bit that mm-hmm. that we don't we don't get Damian Williams. So it's I mean, a. I mean, I guess with COVID, we probably know before Sunday, but it is a late kick for what it's worth. That Bears Bucks are in the four thirty Eastern window, so you might have to make a call. But I think with COVID, we've been finding out before. That's not like a, oh, he's got a sprained ankle. He's a game time decision, right. sort right. of. Uh, especially with the Bears being on the road. Like if he's if he's not going to play, he's not going to travel. So there we go. I, wor- I worked all the way through that uh, that cycle of decision making. If he's not going to play, Damian Williams isn't going to travel. But in a world where he does play, Funston, can you can you play him over? Can you play him over Miles Gaskin? Can you play him and Khalil Herbert? Mm. Well, I mean, you, do we do we have any hope that the Bears can run it all against the Bucks? So then you're just talking <laughs> about who who has passing game upside, you know. And if yeah. Damian Williams plays, I'm actually going to move Damian Williams ahead of Herbert in my rankings um, because I think he would have the better path to those passing reps. Um, but you know, I don't know that I'm going to end up ranking either one of these guys if they're both playing because they're splitting a, a bit. Ahead of Miles Gaskin because Miles Gaskin is a week removed from ten catch game and, and he's been a, a guy that Tua has targeted in the passing game. I'm I know I'm beating my head against this wall, but like I guarantee you, as soon as we write Miles Gaskin off, he'll burn us. That that happens all the time. So <laughs> um, J- he's a, he's the Jerry <laughs> Cook, Jake. He's Jerry Cook of running backs. But I mean, you, you you talk about these guys all the time. You have to you can't discount the fact that Miles Gaskin. Could show up when you when you're just about yeah, ready to again, ride them off. because you're never going to pick the right game. So let's just move on from them and stop messing around. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is anticipating our head to head on Miles Gaskin, which I guess we sort of just tackled. Who's an RB three that you should think uh, should be in your lineups this week, Jake? 
Uh, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to uh, be Ram- somebody. RB Don't Stevenson. Say it. Don't say it. That's my guy, Jake. Dang it. Well, it's in my waiver column or my articles or yeah. sleepers, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson. It's in one of them. It's in one of yeah, them. Yeah. It's, you know, the fact that they're giving them passing down work, which is interesting mm-hmm. and surprising to say the least. But yeah, I would say Ramondre Stevenson. And also because the upside is if Damian Harris leaves the game early. Now you're looking at like, oh man, I would have started him as a top twenty-five running back, so or even potentially top twenty. So there's upside within the game if something were to happen. Yeah, it's not. A, it, Belichick's going to always have two backs in the orbit in the backfield, and so the Jets. I was just looking it up. The Jets have given up the most uh, rush attempts per game while trailing um, at, at like twenty-two a game. So they give up a lot of carries because teams just get ahead of them. And I think that could be, you know, second half Ramondre Stevenson. And as I mentioned uh, as well, like it seems like Belichick's trying to create this LeGarrette Blunt, uh, James White, Frankenstein hybrid mm-hmm. kind of monster here in, in Ramondre, which is weird, but uh, you know, it's got me it's piqued my interest for sure. Uh, Patriots are seven point favorites in this game. They already beat the Jets earlier this year, 25 to six. So maybe that plays into your thinking with Ramondre Stevenson as well. If you think the Patriots Mm -hmm. can repeat that week two script against this Jets team, we should see plenty of running from them in the second half. We already talked about dropping pens all over the place. We already talked about Miles Gaskin as a head to head. Here's another interesting head to head. It's Chase Edmonds. And we've, we've tangentially uh, touched on him a little bit, but I mean, you're both starting him. But I just thought it was interesting that Jake is so much more confident in uh, Chase Edmonds having him as RB15, Brandon down at RB21. Again, both of you, if you have Chase Edmonds, are likely starting him. Uh, But Brandon, why are you less excited about the prospect of Chase Edmonds as a starting fantasy back this week? Because they have two viable backs, and Chase Edmonds hasn't been healthy the last couple weeks, and he's averaged 5.8 fantasy points in those two games, and they're playing a game which are, what is this point spread, 15 points or something like that? Like, this is maybe the best... Maybe the best team in the league against the worst team in the league. And do you have to put Chase Edmonds in harm's way if his shoulder's still bothering him in any way, shape, or form? Clearly, I think because he's averaged, I think, eight touches the last two weeks, they have limited his touches. And I don't know that they need to push that anymore this week and, you know, maybe try to get him right for when the competition gets a little bit tougher down the road. I don't really have much to say besides the fact that, like, I just think he could be efficient on the touches that he does get, and they they did give him touches even coming off an injury, and he's another week removed. So, yeah, yeah look, it's it's bye week six, six teams yeah. on a bye week. It's not like you have a glorious amount of options to be able to sit these guys. Yeah, yeah, we all know that, but we still got to make arguments and find ways to get guys into <laughs> our lineups and find guys to like. And speaking of that, Jake, give us a running back who you're higher on than most for the rest of the season. Got a lot of people looking at trade discussions. We're going to get to a wide receiver trade question in a bit here. A running back that maybe you go out and try to trade for you're higher on than most for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season? Rest of season. Mm. Not necessarily. It could be part of week seven, but not necessarily week seven. I mean, all the injured running backs, if just because they're good by low opportunities because everybody's in dire straits with the buys and stuff like that. But I'll say for what he's bringing in trades, look, I'm not high on him. I'm just high on the fact of if Sirianni is telling the truth and wants to fix this offense, which involves some more run reads and RPOs and all the nonsense that you like, whatever it is might be, you need more of the run game. And they've abandoned the run game. And we know what Miles Sanders could be. And again, I'm not like super excited to be like, oh my God, do everything you can to go get Miles Sanders. But people (laughs) want to drop Miles Sanders 
So if you're going to give him for super cheap in a trade, if, if this team just goes back to giving him, hell, 12 touches consistently a game, I, I think that we're, you know, we'd back into this conversation of having him as an RB too, not what we wanted at the beginning of the season, not what people were hoping for. But I mean, I, I guess that's technically higher than most people would have Miles Sanders at this point. Uh, you want me to jump in here? Is that what you're saying? Of, of course. We <laughs> love your brain. I'm going to pivot a little bit. I just kind of pivot. Like, Javante Williams is a guy that we've been t- talking about the second right. half of the season, you know. But I'm going to actually say Melvin Gordon because I don't oh. think. And here's the deal. You look at after their week 11 bye, it is smash spot after smash spot after smash spot uh, matchups. Like, it is such a good. And, and Melvin Gordon and John, Javante Williams, they're 50 50. And I don't know that anything's going to change as long as those mm-hmm. guys stay healthy. Like, so Javante Williams on the open markets. People are more excited about his upside. He's a rookie. He's a shiny new thing. Oh, it's going to happen in the second half. It might t- make a little bit more touches, but I actually think Melvin Gordon's going to be super strong the rest of the way if he stays healthy, and you can get him for cheaper than Javante Williams. So you might not be any worse off by making that move than if you would have got Javante, but you can get him for cheaper. Here's something I love about both of the guys that you guys just offered up. These guys are gettable. People are willing to trade Miles Sanders. People are willing to trade Melvin Gordon. I think too much trade advice in our line of work focuses on guys who people just aren't going to trade. Right? Uh, it's just not going to happen. But these guys, Melvin Gordon, Miles Sanders, definitely attainable. That's what I like about those uh, those two recommendations. And uh, I follow you. I follow you on the uh, on the advice as well. So two guys to maybe take a look at uh, if you feel like you could use a little bit of help and maybe a little bit of uh, cheaper than it should be help in the running back position for the remaining of the season all right dudes let's talk some wide receivers i actually we actually got a couple of questions that i want us to get to first let's get to this question uh, from brad trying to make a deal for calvin ridley we're both people with brad that's what that's what fantasy football is all about <laughs> dj Moore, woods amari a rob and rugs was thinking about woods and a rob or rugs what are your thoughts on that so i'm trading woods and a rob or rugs for calvin ridley is that something you would do jake wait so woods and a rob for calvin ridley what, that's I how I read this. Okay. Uh, Woods and A Rob or Rugs, right? I mean, that's how I read this question. I kind of would rather have Rugs the rest of the year than A Rob. So if I'm the other side. Yeah. I'm... But yeah, so I, I but thought. Would you was... trade the two for the one with the one I being thought it was, I, I thought it was Rugs either way. So this okay, is. Okay. So yeah, this yeah. is oh, like. Woods, yeah. This is either like. Either way, a... would you trade two of these guys for Ridley? Let's, <laughs> this is like uh, a four <laughs> and two team trading to a two and four team where the two I, and four team. I don't team mind it. To... I just. If it was A Rob and Rugs, I would definitely do it. And I love mm-hmm. Rugs. Um, but yeah. the Woods it, Woods and A-Rob, I, I can be okay with. I, you have the depth, and I understand this is a go for the win. This is the go for, you You know, if Calvin Ridley comes back huge after the bye, you're never going to get him cheaper than he is right now. So I don't mind it. I don't love the Woods and Rugs though. And, th- and that's even with the fact that Rugs is essentially Tyler Lockett now. You can get four for 80 and a touchdown, or you could get mm-hmm. two for 35, and that's just who he what, is. is. Is uh, Who do you rank higher, Amari or R- R- Woods the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, I'd still go Amari Cooper. Yeah, I Barely. think I would too. I'm trying to figure out there's a way to kind of, you know, meet in the middle the between the A-Rob <laughs> and Ruggs. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I Like, I'm a little bit more hesitant if I have to give up Ruggs, where mm-hmm. if it's A-Rob and Woods, you know, that's, you know, that's that's the deal for me. <laughs> well, here's one more question involving A-Rob. It comes from Phil. Phil wants to know, in a pure upside sort of play, A-Rob over Michael Carter, is that a dumb move to do? Mm, for me it is 
Well, it's yep. upside though. You gotta you gotta look and say, look at you know Chicago would like to run the ball, but they may not have any well, choice is, but to take advantage of where. What you, is Allen Robinson's upside right now though? With what we've yeah, seen, this Michael season. Carter's got a ton of upside himself. Yeah, you know me. I like Michael Carter. I'm starting Michael Carter. <laughs> I'm going to talk myself into it no matter what. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think the. I mean, I think this is one of those cases with where we've just seen so little from Chicago's passing game that the upside might be with the RB twenty five over the guy who we were drafting as a top ten wide receiver. That's just how far Chicago's passing game has fallen this season. Um, wide receiver breaking point, you guys. Who is that this week, Jake? Again, everyone above this person in ninety nine circumstances out of a hundred, you're starting. This guy is the first guy here. Like, yeah, maybe fifty fifty. <laughs> Uh, Darnell Mooney at 34. <laughs> Darnell Mooney at wide receiver 34. Who you got here, Funston? Man, I'm, I'm close with Jake because that's right about where my breaking point is. But the guy that's right in front of Darnell Mooney is the one who's kind of breaking me, and that's Tyler Lockett. I I just don't know. Like It's it's the Allen Robinson situation where, look, it, he's a talented player, but with Geno Smith in there, it's been you know almost – Five plus quarters. He's been targeted eleven times. Has three catches for forty-two yards in total. Like it's just not good. And you know this New Orleans State's defense is really good. Gino could have a, just an abysmal night on Monday night, and Tyler Lockett could end up with nothing. You know it could be bad. So to me, that's the one that's breaking me a little bit before the the Bears receivers are breaking me. Funston, who are the people like right that you have in your rankings right before Lockett, just to give people an idea of who you're pretty much auto sure. in the starting um, lineups? Tim Patrick, Corey Davis, uh, Jacoby Myers, that that kind right. of group. Those are guys are right in front Jake, of them. Jake, how about you? Who you got right in front of Mooney? Uh, let me go back and check. Uh, <laughs> Alan Robinson, <laughs> Henry Ruggs, <laughs> Ruggs, Renfro, Lockett, Pittman, Higgins, Shepard, all those guys. Parker, Higgins was, Higgins was the next playing. one in, ahead of yeah. the guys I mentioned. So, yeah, Higgins is in there as well. All right, well, let's go in the same direction we did back at the running back position. Funston, someone in that, yeah, he's pretty much a starter for everyone group that you're oddly excited about being in your starting lineups this week. Well, I just went I went top shelf here because he's like he's a wide receiver one, but he's like in consensus he's wide receiver ten overall, and I have him wide receiver five, and that's AJ Brown. It's just the matchup. It's Julio Jones being out. It's they're going to have to throw the ball. It's that AJ Brown looked really good down the stretch uh, of that last game against Buffalo, and I think you know he's in a huge position here to be one of the top deliverers at the wide receiver position. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've- have A.J. Brown super high, too. He's inside my top ten. Where would you sit? You had him at five. I'm five, yeah. I'm eight, so I'm not that far behind you. Mm-hmm. So I would say higher than most, uh, maybe Robert Woods, but it's uh, that's plus four. Brandon Cooks, there you go. Brandon Cooks. Everybody's. I've already seen questions about it. Like, oh, what about the Arizona defense? I'm like, oh, my God, how many times do we have to do this with Brandon Cooks this year? Like, <laughs> it's volume, man. Why are we so upset about the volume? Just start Brandon Cooks and stop thinking. No, stop overthinking it. All right, we've got a good head-to-head at this position. Again, this is similar to what we talked about the running back position. It's hard to find guys who you guys are going to have these big differences of opinion about where one wants to play him and one doesn't, but there's a pretty big gap here between Corey Davis with Jake being high and Brandon being low. So let's hear that borderline wide receiver two for Corey Davis case, Jake. Mm, volume again? He's the number one, and I know Jamison Crowder have is a pretty strong play as well, and I think people are underrating Jamison Crowder, but it just comes down to – 
it, Crowder and Corey Davis are basically wide receiver threes, maybe fours if every team is playing more so Crowder than Davis. But the volume has been pretty consistent. It's not quite as great as Brandon Cooks, but he's the number one for an offense that's you know going to be passing at least some. I mean, yes, they probably want to run a little bit in this game, but at least some. And this isn't the Patriots defense of past years where we're worried about throwing against them. So it just comes down to a volume game and really the names he's in front of too. Like uh, you're really not going to start Corey Davis over the Chicago options at this point. And that's, that's more what it is. Yeah. I'm full disclosure. I'm up to wide receiver 30 on Davis now. So the gaps closed a little bit, but this is, I think is muscle memory. I remember week two saying, Oh, you know what? When you only give one, player for Bill Belichick to worry about that guy gets shut out and you know and then Corey Davis went out and got two catches for eight yards so I think somewhere in my subconscious I'm just you know I'm revisiting that narrative but I I think it still applies I mean I I think you're now in in New England and Corey Davis is now maybe the one guy that you can worry about Zach Wilson rolling out throwing deep balls and hurting you and I just think Bill Belichick will have his team prepared for that. This, you guys, is going to be a week where we see a lot of players outside the top 40 at this position in starting lineups with all of those buys. Again, wide receiver just absolutely crushed by the buys. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Steph Diggs, Manuel Sanders, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. All those guys start every single week. Some of those guys are top 10 options. So who's someone, Brandon, you're looking out looking at outside the consensus top 40 that you're like, yeah. I could throw that dude in my lineups this week. Uh, I got a, I got a kind of a uh, warm and fuzzy feeling for Van Jefferson. Love the matchup. Um, Ooh, okay, he's he's hit pretty much in every home game. Um, but it's like the, the Rams. You know, this is a Matt Stafford revenge game narrative or whatever. Like. <laughs> It's more um, Goff who's got the revenge. Yeah, I know, factor. but like, <laughs> what it is is this. This is like again one of the best teams against one of the worst teams, similar to Arizona and Houston. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't think it's just going to be Cooper Cup and Robert Woods eating. I think Van Jefferson or maybe weirdly a Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson big play. I think there's a big play from that that third or fourth receiver for the Rams coming in this one. Van Jefferson's been that guy for the most part. He's had you know, an 80 and 90 yard game with a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a two, two for 70 plus and a touchdown kind of game for Van Jefferson. Yeah. So I think that I'll go back to the name I've just mentioned with the Corey Davis is Jameson Crowder. People still don't want to play Jameson mm-hmm. Crowder in the fight. They, you know, I understand the fact that he's been hurt and he's disappointed people before, but the truth is Jameson Crowder went healthy and went on the field continues to produce and if Brandon's right about they try to stop Corey Davis then Jameson Crowder just might go off this week Jameson Crowder missed that first game right against the Jets or against the Patriots yep yeah so so things maybe could look a little bit different for that Jets passing game all right guys you know what time it is boom four names let's make a case for someone these are going to be Oh, man, I just dropped one. A little bit higher. So I guess three names. Uh, These are going to be a little bit higher than some of the guys we were just talking about. And, again, I think guys who are uh, at least a handful of them comfortably in starting lineups. But let's say – all right, Jake, this one's for you. Make a case for the largely forgotten over the last few weeks, Tyler Boyd. Bengals, Ravens. <laughs> Why? I don't want to make a case for Tyler Boyd. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, like, how about, six, how about 16 bye week? That, there you go. There's your case. That's the, that's <laughs> like, like, Tyler, you have Tyler a wide Bo- receiver 29 right now. I'm looking at your rankings. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, the updated rankings. No, he's in I the mean, 30s I updated now. as of when? 10 minutes ago? <laughs> so we're working <laughs> at the same time. This, this first I'm run looking is- at 
Theathletic.com. Okay, they're, they're not done. <laughs> I'm telling you, they always update Thursday morning. It's the time of the show. I'm still not making a case for him, even if he was. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, there's there's clear opportunity, like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham being out, like that changed. So I'm just saying, there's reasons that it's changed, reasons afterwards. He's now down in the 30s. He's in the mid-30s, which is still not making a case for him because he's the odd man out. Brandon just said it. It's six teams on a bye. Oh, That's right. the only reason he's even playable anymore. <laughs> Can you make it? Hey, case wait for a, so Jarvis Landry is playing, Christian right? Like, is he saying you moved Jarvis, Jarvis Landry? Landry is, last we saw in Jarvis Landry is likely to be yeah, activated. activated. Doesn't necessarily mean he's playing, but likely playing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested if he's playing for sure. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Want to tell tell us about uh, your top candy then instead of making a case for Tyler Boyd? Because no, there are man. some great candy rankings in Jake's rankings uh, column this week as well. No, just that. That's just check the link. Where does Where does take five? <laughs> I, I didn't check. Where does take five show up? Eighteenth, uh, like, yeah. Eighteenth, come on, pretzels, caramel, peanut butter, chocolate. Yeah. It's like everything after, all in one. It's awesome. Yeah, and after you eat two of them, you're, it's like you're ready to puke because it's too much. Like they're just delicious. Eat one, but, so you're healthier overall. But it had that no, just that's the burst problem. of like, flavor. If you're, it's the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like Kit Kat's overrated because you could eat twenty and not even feel like you ate any. And then take five is a little bit too much. There's they're good. It's just too much. So I'm way more of a chocolate over fruity candy kind of guy, but Jake, number four, Nerds Gummy Clusters, thumbs up, my friend. Those are delicious. <laughs> Everybody who tries these realizes how good they are, and then they thank They're me. They're so good. I nobody, never, I'd never heard of them before. And nobody believes me until they try them. I was like, just I've got go a friend who seems to be uh, similar to you in terms of uh, knowledge about and uh, appetite for candy, and he brought them over once, and I never heard of them, and they're <laughs> awesome. Go check okay. out those nerds gummy clusters for sure. All right, Funston, <laughs> let's make a case for we've talked about them a little bit. Jake likes them too. I like them too. I'm starting them everywhere where I've got them. But let's just hear the full fleshed out case for Hank Ruggs. Oh, Hank. Hank Ruggs. Um, yeah, so here's the case. He's making a big play every week, and I've said this in in my, in my rankings. He's like Bet the over on longest reception every week because it's always in like in the mid twenties, and he's literally had a twenty-three plus yard catch against every opponent this year. He has nine twenty-one yard catches on the year. Some of a few of them are forty plus yards. Um, if you look at the guys that have made that many big plays at the wide receiver position, they're all studs. And if you look at the last five weeks, throughout week one. He's a, he's a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in half PPR. So you can say, oh, it's a tough matchup against Philly. They've done a good job. But you know what? You can look at Henry Ruggs' schedule. He's plays, he played some tough secondaries. Week in and week out, he makes big plays. When you have that kind of upside and you have six teams on a bye, I think you got to rank him. you gotta, you got to push the top 20 ranking. He's got to be a wide receiver, too, because there's too much upside uh, you know, to drop him any further. And something you love about Henry Ruggs too, they have taken at least one deep shot on him every single day. I mean, they know what they know yeah. how they're going to butter their bread in the passing game. He gets at least, at the bare minimum, one opportunity to make what would be a basically fantasy game making play if he and Derek Carr connect. You know, you're getting at least the shot one time and probably a couple more times than that. Let's get to this question here from Truly Epic. I mean, truly, this one might be decided for you. Have to start two of these guys: Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, T.Y. Hilton. Sounds like OBJ's out. T.Y. could be out as well. But in a world where three of these guys are, or where Odell's the only one out, which two are you starting, Jake? I mean, if T.Y. Hilton plays, you got to play T.Y. Hilton. They wouldn't risk him. I mean, they obviously didn't. Sunday even, night. You, Sunday you know, they night. Kept, 
I know, but that's, that's what I say. Well, no, like if we know on Saturday, that's you know mm-hmm. you can't wait till that game and say, oh, I got no backup plan. But yeah, it would be two by Hilton. And as much as I had to say this, Allen Robinson, the the Bateman is fun, but he's still can you know, best case scenario is three behind Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, who Mark Andrews back to being arguably top three. What yeah? What what's your little? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, <laughs> Funston. I guess you get to answer this first. I wasn't really trying to cut you off. I was just trying to tell Funston not to jump in. Let's say you have T.Y. Hilton and you can pick up like, you know, Deontay Harris or something for the Monday night game or right. Like, would you do that and risk T.Y. Hilton or would you just roll with Allen Robinson, Rashad Bateman? Um, I might risk it because I actually toyed with the idea of picking up Deontay Harris. I only had one catch last week, but he, you know, you can kind of imagine there's a potential for a big player too in that game against Seattle. Um, and, and, and I like T.Y. Hilton if he plays considerably more than these other two guys. So, yeah, I think that's fair. I would say if I was stuck with the Robinson-Bateman decision, I'd probably go Robinson. Same with Jake. But I think I would at least put Bateman in that spot in my starting lineup for a little while just to see how it feels. You know, but I'm, ultimately, mm-hmm. I'd probably pull the plug out and go with Robinson. Um, but, yeah, I think Hilton, I might be willing to go with a Monday night dart throw like Deontay Harris as a as a fallback if T.Y. doesn't play. All right, guys. I didn't want to end with a tight end question because they're boring as hell, but I do want to get to a tight end question because there are some guys who can be, you know, fringy starters, especially with all the buys this week. You guys have the exact same top 12 tight ends. A little bit of difference in who's where, but the exact same. Who's someone outside that group, Jake, that you would throw a dart at this week? Mo Ali Cox. Uh, uh, really close yeah, to, sure. Uh, sure, take that one. I mean, yeah. the, outside of that, you're fine. Then you have Brandon's team, Gerald Everett. At least he saw yeah. a little bit of boost. Oh, sure. Take Smith. my fallback now, too. Just take all yeah. my good. I'm just oh, I was gonna. I left. I didn't go further into Mo Ali Cox. So there's. I, I went to that, Gerald Everett. You can right, talk I'll, about. I'll go Ali with Cox. another one anyway. So you can talk about whoever you're you gonna want. go. Ross Dwelly. <laughs> no, the only three that I'm gonna matter? go with. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with a bigger, maybe a bigger dart throw than that. Okay, bigger dart throw. Yeah. Well, let's hear the Mo Ali Cox case, Jake. Oh, no, it's like he's still splitting a ton with Jack Doyle, but the fact is, uh-huh. is similar to Zach Pascal to start this season and the Adam Thielen situation, like whatever it is, he's getting red zone and end zone targets. He's actually the only Colts player who had an end zone target last week. So it's just that's where the, he's out there. It's similar to like the Gronkowski situation in a different way. It's like Gronkowski doesn't play all the snaps because they don't want to get him hurt at this point. But when right. he's out there, they're looking for him. When Mo Alley Cox is running routes, he's Carson Wentz is looking his way a decent amount of time. Uh, yeah, I'll throw out CJ Uzoma, who's, you know, bubbled up the last couple of weeks, like Baltimore, one of their serious areas of, of problems in the passing game is a tight end. They've actually done a good job against wide receivers, but tight ends have absolutely killed them. So I could see Uzoma having one of those random, you know, touchdown and 40, 50 yard games and then going back, you know, to sleep for a few weeks. But, uh, as far as like an upside dart throw, I think outside the top 12, look, I think the top 12, the reason why we have all the same guys is because there's a, there's a pretty big yep. cliff between number 12 and number 13 and the rest of the group. So um, yeah, you're hopefully not out in that abyss. All right, guys, a wide receiver three who you're down on this week. And we've talked about this a little bit. Anyone who we're really talking about as a wide receiver three is almost certainly starting. Sure, there's going to be people who you know just aren't hit by this bye week and who have some wide receiver depth, but most wide receiver threes are going to find their way into starting lineups. So we're not saying you're sitting this guy, but someone Funston who you're just not feeling great about, but still probably starting. 
I think all the guys that we talked about, Bears, uh, Allen Robinson, <laughs> Darnell Mooney. Um, I have Corey Davis down, you know, based upon what he did last time, based upon the matchup. But, you know, I mean, I'm playing these guys most likely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, this is such a tough week that I'll just I'll just sit on those. The Bears, I'm, I got those guys firmly in my mm-hmm. wide receiver three ranks. I think they're consensus firmly in the wide receiver three ranks, and I would feel terrible if I have to lean on one of them. Mm, all right, then uh, I'll give. I, I don't feel great about Hunter Renfro just because Brian Edwards finally second most snaps right. last week, only behind Darren Waller. So it's not a major coaching change, but if this new system, well, not system or new situation, is going to get Brian Edwards more involved, then it's going to be Edwards and Rugs, like a lot of the people thought this could be. And Darren Waller has been a little bit quiet over the past couple games. It's just. You can't have all four. Like, you know, we're not going to have... This isn't Tom Brady. This is Derek Carr. So, and still Josh Jacobs is back to being a thing. So I just haven't... I just I don't feel I don't feel great about starting Renfro because his ceiling was never that high. It was just the safe receptions. And I'm worried that he might not be as safe as he was. All right, guys, let's round third, head for home. A couple more topics I want to ask you about. First, again, let's make a trade at the wide receiver position. Someone you're higher on than most for the rest of the season. If you can nail it the way you did the last one at running back, that would be great, too. Who you got, Jake? I, I don't have anybody. Uh, Chase Claypool. Everybody's like, oh, Ben yeah, Roethlisberger still is quarterback. And I was like, okay, Ben Roethlisberger was his quarterback the two games before that where he had giant numbers. And the fact is he's always had big numbers when there's only two wide receivers there. And there are only two wide receivers. So I would say him. The other one, you said Amari Cooper earlier. Uh, people are frustrated and he's on a bye. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. Amari Cooper is – He's the Amari Cooper he's always been. Is you're gonna he's Tyler Lockett again. That's that's you know that's people think that you know after last year it was all of a sudden gonna be glorious and wonderful every single week. But you just have to face this is more of who Cooper is than anything. So Claypool, Cooper, both of them. I'll, I'll still go take both as top twenty wide receivers, even potentially top fifteen. Oh man, I I'm just gonna I'm kind of riffing right here. Um, Henry Riff, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs maybe doesn't have the, you know, the the street cred yet as in terms of trade value that he should. I would I'd be interested in him. I would even say like on a lower kind of like sneaky play, Jarvis Landry on the precipice of being back. Like he is the mm-hmm. one reliable receiver in Cleveland that you can feel good about mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. in and week out. You could probably make a bigger deal where he's just like the sweetener and you get a, something a little bit more than the sweetener out of him. So I will I'll say those two guys. Maybe a gettable guy, too, after this week. If you're thinking this one's going to play to script later tonight, low scoring, he doesn't do much. Case Keenum starting for the Browns. Maybe a time to kick the tires on Jarvis Landry. Let's wrap things up here, guys. Fast forward to Monday. Jake, what is Monday's fantasy headline? <laughs> I was I forgot that you did this. I wasn't even thinking about this one. Uh, Damn right you did. I know. I, I can't. There's nothing here. There's like this. This week sucks. Uh, Brandon, you have to go. That's the headline. Like, this week sucked. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's going to be something more fun than that, you guys. I'm, try, I'm trying. I know. To think. I'm trying to think as well. Um, uh, Calvin Ridley is back. Calvin Ridley is. All the doubts there are gone. Go. For Cal, Cal Ridley is back to being trusted as a top five wide receiver. He's going to go off this week against Miami. Yeah, I, I'll man, man, I think it's Ramondre Stevenson is my like, you know, the guy that who could be the out of nowhere guy that scores like he, he could have like two touchdowns and like cobble together 70 yards. and Everybody's talking about him in a big way. And he's like, Ramondre. Yeah. So there you go. I'll go with that. Um, All right. 
kind of weak. See? Much like much like week seven, sort of weak. That's what our our you responses guys, to you, that were see, weak. But, but no matter what, no matter what, you guys can always dig deep and find something, and that's why. We love the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We hope you do out there as well. Thank you for joining us here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. For Brandon, for Jake, I am Michael Beller. We are back with you next week. If you have someone starting tonight, I guess good luck. I'm sort of sorry, but good luck with that. Good luck with everything you got going on this weekend. Let's start getting those W's tonight. We'll talk to you all soon.